Hi there, I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana, an issue-oriented newsmaker radio program heard weekdays on 18 radio stations with 27 signals all across the Treasure State. Thanks for clicking on the podcast. Please subscribe and we'll do our best to keep you connected. We're also on Facebook at Voices of Montana and on the Internet at VoicesOfMontana.com, where I'd love to hear from you. Contact me at Tom at VoicesOfMontana.com. Sometimes we just say it's America. I think we forget to say it's the United States of America. Uh, And it's still that way, right? States, individual states, previously sovereign. (laughs) I think we've lost a lot of of our uh, sovereignty. It's not unusual that that sovereignty, uh, those states, bumps up against the federal government, the united part. But um, it, it just seems like now it, that that government was originally intended to be very limited. But now it's the big dog. It seems like it, it's out there as the big dog. And what do you do? I think with a big dog, you have to learn to tame it a little bit. And we've seen our government just extend its powers in a lot of ways. And I don't think that they're going in the right direction. States. States are those which are a buffer against that. Montana's Attorney General Austin Knutson knows that, knows it well. We'll talk about that today here on Voices of Montana. We're going to get right into it here. No sense in keeping him um, standing by. Montana's Attorney General Austin Knutson is with us today, and we got a lot on the plate. Good morning, Austin. How are you, sir? Hey, Tom. Great. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Um, as Montana's the Attorney General, fifth-generation Montanan, and you're no stranger, though, to, I think, the um, overreach, as we call it, of the federal government. You were in the House of Representatives uh, for Montana, House District 34, in fact, um, the youngest ever Speaker of the House. And and I think, uh, and did that for two terms. I think you, you saw then how the government just bumps and, and maybe overrides a lot of the state's authority. Um, did, did you have that coming into this office, uh, A.G. Knutson, um, an understanding of states needing to re-exert themselves in some of these areas? Yeah, it, it certainly was a big part of, of why I ran, Tom. I mean, I, look, I, I had been the county attorney up in, up in Roosevelt County, you know, Wolf Point, Poplar, Culbertson, Freud. Uh, that's my home country. Mm-hmm. So right before I had this job, I was the county attorney. And, and remember, that was right during COVID. I mean, that was, that was when the federal government was coming out with all of these sweeping mandates, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. Well, I'm sorry, I can read the U.S. Constitution. I don't see anywhere in there that says you get to mandate as the federal government medical procedures. Like, I, I just, that, that's not in there. So that certainly was a big motivator for me to, to, to run for this. Now, I will say maybe I didn't appreciate just how often I'd be pushing back. Yeah, uh, Tom, we just filed our, our 37th lawsuit against the Biden administration. Uh, that, that's not something I expected to have to do here, but, but that's what we've had to do. Well, and I don't think that those things are done lightly either. Um, yeah, t- talk about that, the consideration about bringing together a lawsuit, and you don't normally do it on your own. You have a lot of other um, a- uh, AGs alongside there. 37 lawsuits. Uh, is it, uh, I don't know, are you getting anywhere with them? We are. And look, you're, you're right. These, they, these decisions to file suit against the federal government are not made frivolously. That's, yeah. the, 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 these, are, these are tough decisions. But yeah, I want your listeners to understand that's the only arrow in my quiver. I mean, that when, when, when the federal government oversteps, whether, whether it's a federal agency, what, you know, the IRS, the, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, uh, the, the, the EPA, 
the I mean, literally the only weapon that the states have to push back and say, no, you don't have legal authority to do what you're trying to do is a lawsuit. I mean, we, we have to try to get in front of a federal judge and, and have that federal judge hit the brakes and say, whoa, where where are you getting the, the authority for this law? Where where did Congress act that says you can do this? Where where in state law does it or excuse me, in federal law does it say you can do this? Uh, and we have been very successful in that. I mean, look at look at the the the, the COVID mandates. We we almost single handedly got those struck down. Uh, Waters of the U.S. That's a huge one for Montanans and and for your listeners. Uh, that's one that the Biden administration brought brought back, tried to implement just through rule, basically sweeping authority over all water inside the continental U.S. That's never been done before. They, they don't have authority to do that. Con- Congress hasn't told them they can do that, and it's questionable they'd even have the, the constitutional authority to do it. So that's always the guiding principle for us when we're filing these lawsuits, and, and we have been successful, Tom. Yes, and, and um, I, hope, I hope as well, not in just, um, you know, in the courts, but in the message that you're sending. Um, is that resonating uh, with other states? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think that's a testament to, to why we're able to get so many of our sister states to join, join in with us in these lawsuits. Look, Montana, we used to be a backbencher state, right? I mean, we're not, we're not one of the big states. We, we've got roughly 1.1, 1.2 million people. Uh, you know, we, we were never a, a starter on the varsity squad. That's changed now. I mean, since my administration, and I don't like to toot my own horn, but we've really taken a much more aggressive stance. Uh, we lead on a lot of these federal issues and a lot of these federal lawsuits, and a lot of my colleague states will join us. Uh, I think that's a testament to the ability of our lawyers and, and, and the good arguments that we're making. But you also got to remember, like, we're, we're gaining ground. There's 28 Republican state attorneys general if you include a couple of the territories now, there's, there's, there's 26 of us in the contiguous states, but there's 28 of us totally. And, and we, we outnumber Democrat AG. So um, I think the states are figuring this out. The states are absolutely where these battles need to be fought. And we're going to keep fighting them. Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson is with us here today. A fifth generation Montana, as he mentioned, grew up in the family farm and ranch outside of Culberton, uh, or Culbertson, I should say undergraduate degree from Montana State University and also University of Montana Law degree as well. Austin, I appreciate your time here. Want to uh, launch into one area. Uh, I'll talk about land policies because that's the one that's just, in, I don't know, I'm just frustrated with that one. But most recently, uh, you were testifying at an impeachment hearing for the DHS Secretary May Orcas and, and had some, um, well, things to say. Your statement out there, his, his actions as Secretary have turned the border into effectively a meaningless 2,000-mile line in the sand, ceding operational control to Mexican drug cartels. And uh, as you note in here, some of the most savage and depraved organizations in world history. Uh, this is a, a very good place to start. Talk about going to the Capitol to testify um, on what you're seeing and the effect all the way up Montana uh, from this ineffective southern border policy of our Secretary of Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, well, again, not not a decision that was made lightly. You know, generally, I like to stay in my lane. I, I, I know my job and what I'm supposed to do, and that doesn't typically involve a lot of Congress in Washington, D.C. Frankly, I hate that town. Um, but this was an important one. Um, now, why, why would I go to D.C. and testify against 
or for for the impeachment of a sitting cabinet secretary. Well, Alejandro Mayorkas is the Secretary of Homeland Security. He's in charge of the border. Okay, he's in charge of keeping the homeland secure. It's kind of axiomatic in his name, and he's not doing it. Not only is he not doing it, he has flung the front door on our southern border wide open. Record amounts of illegal immigration. And look, we're paying the price for that here in Montana. It's, it's easy to sit up here and say, well, that's a southern issue. Why, why, why does Montana care? Look at our drug numbers, Tom. Look at our violent crime numbers. I mean, this is not long division. We know where all of these drugs are coming from. 100% of the methamphetamine and the fentanyl that's coming into Montana are coming. It's, it's all coming from the Mexican drug cartels. And it's all coming across that southern border. Now, I say all. Let's say 99.9%, because sure, once in a while, we occasionally bust a small shipment coming in from the northern border. But I can tell you, that's very, very, very minuscule. Almost 100% of the drugs coming into Montana come from the southern border. We know that. And that's not just my opinion. I mean, that's widely known in law enforcement, federal or state. We are paying for this here. But what's more important to me here is that Alejandro Mayorkas and the Department of Homeland Security are flagrantly violating federal law. It isn't that they're just not doing their job very well or they're letting some, a few migrants in. There is literally nothing in federal law that allows them to do what they're doing. In fact, federal law is very clear. Federal law says every illegal immigrant that comes into the country, every shall be detained. Okay, that's federal law. I didn't make that up. The federal Congress did a long time ago. Well, Mayorkas doesn't like that. He doesn't think that's very nice. And so he's just inventing out of thin air these parole programs that are flagrantly illegal. There's nothing in the federal code and federal law that gives that secretary that authority to just do blanket amnesty and blanket parole. It doesn't exist. So I, like, I don't care what your politics are. I might not agree with a law that the legislature here in Helena passes, but as a member of the executive, and especially as the attorney general, it's my job to execute that law. That's what being part of the executive branch means. And Alejandro Mayorkas is not doing his job. He deserved to be impeached. So that's why I went up there. How do you think the hearing went? Well, it went kind of like I expected. I mean, frankly, I, I, I went in there kind of hoping to joust with with some of the more liberal members, uh, you know, I mean, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee is on that committee. Uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell, uh, you, you might remember him from the the, the, the Chinese honey trap scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these are people I was hoping to kind of cross swords with. Unfortunately, none of them had the courage to do it. Uh, I and two of my colleagues were in there, and basically, this just became what we expect. It, 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 every member on the committee was given five minutes to hit their talking points and and make a speech for the camera and, and then left the room. Um, so, uh, look, I, it, it went well in so far as the House of Representatives is going to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. The problem is there's not the votes in the Senate to actually take it to, to, to trial it and convict him and remove him from office. Well, I, I, I do appreciate that doing what you can do in that regard. Um, Montana Attorney General Austin Knutson with us here. I think this is a good time to take back uh, or, or, or take a break here and come on back. Uh, I don't think we're done talking about the drug problem in Montana because I know that you deal with it on a very personal level. Your officers deal with it on that level as well. I want to come on back and talk about fighting crime in Montana 
and uh, this 1,100% increase in fentanyl seizures uh, most recently recorded. Austin, uh, the drugs that are affecting um, us are affecting us at a very personal level. Have you witnessed that in Montana? Have you seen families? Have you talked to families um, who have uh, suffered because of this? Uh, absolutely, Tom. I mean, look, again, I was the county attorney in Wolf Point before I had this job. And I, th- this is what I did day in and day out. I dealt with families. I, I dealt with law enforcement because we were dealing with just a, just a huge, huge methamphetamine problem up there in, in northeastern Montana and, and on the Fort Peck Reservation. Families, it's, it's the hardest part. You know, probably the one that sticks out in my mind, honestly, is I, I, I spoke to a grandmother in Poplar. This is about a year and a half ago. She lost both of her sons to separate fentanyl overdoses. Two, so, so two separate events. And, and she's now raising her, her grandchildren because both of her sons passed away from, from fentanyl overdoses. I mean, that, that, that one probably hit me the hardest. Uh, but I mean, this is stuff I hear maybe not daily, but certainly weekly things like this in Montana. I mean, our, our fentanyl seizures just from our state task forces have gone up 11,000%, Tom, not 1100, 11,000%. That's unfathomable. That's an unfathomable number. Since 2017, that's, that's how much our seizures have gone up. That tells you, number one, it tells you what the cartels are doing. They're pushing fentanyl. Fentanyl is their hot drug. It's the soup du jour. It's the thing that's powerful. They can make it cheaply. They can make it fast. And they can get it in this country really, really easy because the southern border is wide open. But they can also make a lot of money. And that's why they're here in Montana pushing this stuff. That, that's why you see that meteoric increase in our seizures and, and the amount of fentanyl in Montana. Tom, we, we were a methamphetamine state. And I, and I don't say that because it was a good thing. I say... It's true. I mean, for the last 20 years, methamphetamine has been the major narcotic problem in Montana. And again, personal experience, that's probably 90% of the prosecutions that I did in Roosevelt County were meth or meth related. In the last two and a half years, that's been flipped completely on its ear. And fentanyl has come in and that quickly has become the top drug problem in Montana. Our, Our seizure numbers prove it. Our prosecution numbers prove it. Uh, this is what the cartels are pushing right now hard, and it's costing us. I mean, yeah. the other staggering statistic is that our, our official fentanyl death from overdose, and again, these are the ones we know about. This is confirmed by our state crime lab. Those numbers have gone up 1,700% since 2019. So, I mean, again, that just shows you the, the pivot here and what the drug market is doing in Montana. Uh, we're, we're, we're paying for this up here. It's devastating. And we will for a while. How long does it take? I mean, some of these routes now are more established than they have been. When you've got lawlessness allowed like that, um, they, they get a foothold in some areas and then, then they can go underground. Um, how long do you think it takes to respond to this? Well, this is really interesting. I mean, you have to remember, you're not dealing with a couple of crooks and ski masks that yeah. are sitting you know, south of the border. These are multi-multi-billion dollar criminal enterprises you know, run by some of the most sophisticated business people in the world. Uh, I mean, this is huge, huge business. Think on terms of Google. Think on terms of Microsoft. And that's what you're dealing with in a, in a criminal enterprise here. They've got nearly limitless resources 
uh, very, very, very sophisticated criminal operations. It's interesting to see just in my time as f- f- from a county attorney, you know, at that time, we would occasionally see cartel known associates, people who, who we knew did business with various Mexican drug cartels. You didn't actually see cartel members in Montana. Tom, I can tell you that is no longer the case. I mean, just, just in the span of four or five short years, we now have got two Mexican drug cartels, two of the big ones, two of the big nasty ones that people have heard of, heard of are here actively operating in Montana, not just sending up mules, not just sending up affiliates and people that, that we know have done business with them, but actual cartel members. I won't say cells because I don't think that's quite the right term, although we have busted a few drug houses and, and taken down a number of these individuals with large amounts of cash, large amounts of drugs, and unfortunately, large amounts of, of stolen guns. Um, that's another thing we're seeing a lot more of, which is illegal guns, illegal gun seizures, bad guys with guns. I mean, exactly the kind of people you don't want having firearms, uh, and they've got them. So we're, we're seeing that just so much more broadly here in Montana now. Does the, the focus then uh, become on public safety? I, I know it's always on public safety, but when you look at how established these cartels are, the, the huge business, uh, the resources, um, I mean, it's, it's a battle to try and, say, win that war, but you want to win some battles then you focus on public safety. How how has um, our open border um, changed our, our focus, or how have we had to address that uh, in in kind of protecting what we can protect, so to speak? Well, it's it's tough, right? Because I mean, we don't have the authority to stop every vehicle that comes into the state. I mean, that's that's flagrantly unconstitutional. Yeah. You have the right to travel amongst the states freely and don't, not being able, not not having to be stopped to have your papers checked. So. If you don't stop it at our na- at, at our nation's borders, it's very difficult to stop this stuff once it's already in the country. Um, now we work very well with some of our federal partners that they're not all doing the wrong thing. Uh, DEA, we've got some wonderful relationships in there. Customs and Border Patrol, you know, those are those are law enforcement professionals. But to your question, it gets really tough once this stuff is in the country because you know for every shipment we stop, which is great. You know, those big drug busts are fantastic. We're, we're disrupting those, those supply channels and those networks. That's, that's wonderful stuff. But the stuff that keeps me awake is, you know, for every 10,000 pill seizure that we make, how many, how many did we miss? Yeah. Um, and, and, and the overdose numbers bear that out. And you have to remember, I mean, this is a big state. We've got lots and lots of miles of road, and we've only got 235 highway patrol troopers. And, and that might sound like a lot, but half of them are sleeping, and you've got 150,000 miles of road in Montana and, and, and back roads and gravel roads. These cartels are getting more and more savvy about getting the stuff in, and, you know, we, we don't have the resources to cover all that. Here's now, a, there's good news, Tom. Yeah, go ahead, please. Violent crime is down. So since 2013, and, and this is a big reason why I ran for attorney general, frankly, violent crime since 2013 had been just absolutely spiking in Montana. For almost 10 years, we saw violent crime go up drastically. So violent crime, we're talking murders, rapes, assaults, assaults with a weapon, sex assaults. I mean, the nasty, really, really bad stuff had been increasing dramatically in the state. And since 2021, we've actually slowed it down and, and, and made that, that graph drop. 
our numbers in the last two years have fallen off on violent crime. So we're doing something right. I, I think I think focusing more on violent crime. I think the legislature giving us better criminal laws for fentanyl, uh, for human trafficking. Uh, but we're doing some good things here in Montana, and and the violent crime rate is declining, and that's a good thing. I guess you kind of pointed to some things there, the some of the new legislative laws as well. Can you point to something again as to why those numbers are coming down? I think we just gotten much more aggressive on on fighting crime. Yeah, you know, I I, I think I think the legislature has had its, its eyes open to a couple of things. Fentanyl, number one. I mean, that's that's first and foremost. Human trafficking. Yeah. I mean, that's a what that, that sex slavery is a way bigger issue in Montana than I think most Montanans either want to know or are just even passingly aware of. It's a huge issue in the state. Um, the legislature has had its eyes opened on that and has passed new legislation. But, I, but overall, Tom, I think, I think law enforcement and prosecutors, I mean, credit where it's due, those prosecutions don't always happen out of my office. A lot of those happen by your local county attorneys. And you, we've got some great crime-fighting county attorneys in Montana. Uh, I, I think I think there's been a bit of a, a, a pole shift in how aggressive we are in fighting crime in Montana. Yeah, there's still some problems with our judiciary, but that's a whole other topic. It's the 800-plus members of the Montana Department of Justice protecting states' rights. Uh, when you look at energy, land policies, elections, all these mandates, and also public safety in terms of uh, uh, fighting trafficking, sex trafficking in Montana. Montana's Attorney General Austin Knutson joins us here today. We'll talk about an award here. Uh, one of the members uh, of the Department of Justice, uh, that's Highway Patrol Trooper Thomas Tafoya, recently received a Medal of Valor. We're going to get to that. Got some phone calls to get to here and a, a text message or two to pass along. And again, uh, A.G. Knutson, I appreciate your time here today. Uh, I, I hope the the winter's well, actually, it's been a pretty pretty good winter. I know you travel an awful lot, so it's probably, um, you know, the roads are good, but the hills look a little bit empty, don't they? We could use another another shot of snow for sure. I, I will tell you, it, it, it's better here in Helena. It, it sat and rained all day yesterday, and then it snowed. So it, we're, we're getting a shot up here, but I, I know there's a lot of state that needs the moisture. I certainly understand that. Um, the ranch kid in me is never going to complain about an open winter, though. That, that's sure been nice for traveling. <laughs> I get it. Um, before we get to, and Casey, stand by. We're going to get uh, get some phone calls here, too. But um, this was released uh, in late January, and uh, i just like to honor our troopers out there. Again, uh, our first responders and those people, I think they are dedicated public servants. I know when I when I talk to them, even if, uh, if one of them is giving me their signature on something or I'm giving them my signature on something, uh, I just have the greatest respect. And then, so talk about this Medal of Valor for uh, Trooper Thomas DeFoya. Yeah, you bet. Well, you, you're right, Tom. The one of the real honors in my job is I I get to lead the Montana Highway Patrol, and, and you know I'm not a sworn peace officer. I can't imagine what they do every day, pinning on a badge and putting on a gun and hoping hoping for the best for the day. But yeah. if you recall, back in March of last year, we had a high speed chase come out of Idaho. Uh, some individuals had stolen a car. They, they they robbed a gas station in Idaho, and then they headed for the Montana border. Um, and we got advance notice that they were coming. It was a high-speed chase with the Idaho State Police. Uh, we actually ended up intercepting and, and taking that chase over. These individuals made it to Superior, um, and, and up, up in the St. Regis country. 
they they got into town. It became a hostage situation. It, I mean, these, these were individuals who were who were on drugs. Uh, they they were they were doing bad things. One of those individuals ended up going into custody, but another one decided to take a hostage. Um, and it, it was a really really hairy situation. There, Tom, uh, I, I I can't understate this. That 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 individual actually ended up um, shooting that hostage. And at that point, you know, law enforcement just had had no choice but to to shoot and kill that that individual, and and, and that's that's what happened. Trooper Tafoya was was a big part of that, but he was also a big part of getting other civilians out of there. Uh, I mean, th- there was a lot of confusion at that time. Even even the intel, the, the 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 information that I was getting at the time ended up being wrong. I mean, there there was a lot of stuff being being floated around and, and reports that were just wrong uh and as a trooper on the ground he was there he was instrumental in getting civilians out of the way out of harm's way uh in and in ultimately neutralizing that threat so not a place we ever want our law enforcement to have to be but thank god they were there thank god trooper tafoya was there and just a heartbreaking situation that could have been so so much worse had he and, and other first responders not been there well, thank you for sharing that with us, too. And I think it's good for us to remind ourselves of these stories out there as well. And again, um, our best to all the troopers there. Let's go to KC listening in Great Falls on KQDI. And uh, you're on the air with Montana's Attorney General, Austin Knutson, KC. Yeah, I have a question about marijuana. First of all, I would like to know exactly how this passed in the conservative era, in Montana government and signed. And uh, also... It seems from my viewpoint, it has residual side effects and after effects that any income captured up front is lost on the backside. And I think it probably should be revisited, at least uh, after it's been in before for a couple of years. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and, and a lot of people think, well, that'll destroy the black, uh, the uh, illegal uh, marijuana uh, market, but that's not the way it's been in other states. The uh, Criminal element still still grow and push marijuana even more so in many uh, jurisdictions because they undercut the legitimate uh, market. And then, if you want to call it that, the other thing I see is there's a lot of skirting of the law. They have these uh, restrictions on how you can sell it and process it and grow it. And that's not being monitored properly. I live right next door to a, one of the biggest growers in Montana. And there's all types of uh, ways to get around those, and, and they don't have the resources to investigate. And finally, I would like to know if there's any mixing of the – it's a gateway drug, I believe. Is there any mixing of fentanyl with marijuana, as I've heard in other, other states? Thanks, Casey, and really good question. Let's, let's assess or reassess um, our, our, our marijuana industry in Montana. Yeah, lot, lots to unpack there, Casey. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to start by saying that I, you might not believe it, but actually here at the Department of Justice, we've got very, very little to do with the, the marijuana industry in Montana. So how did it pass? Well, it, it was a voter initiative. Um, agree with it, disagree with it. You, almost three to one Montanans passed that initiative legalizing marijuana. Now that becomes a legislative problem because you've literally got a vote of the people in Montana and, and is the Montana legislature going to step in and say, no, we think we know better as 150 people doubtful. I can just tell you that as a former legislator, 
I mean, the, the, the vote was pretty overwhelming. So I, I don't see that happening. But as it is right now, that industry in Montana is monitored by the, the State Department of Revenue because it's taxed. And so they, they're the ones who are in charge of collecting that tax, but also making sure it's done legally here, here in the state. Uh, you're right. There's some resource problems, but I will tell you, I, I, I know the people who are, who are running that, that agency. They, they, do a, they do a pretty good job. Um, we're learning. They're, they're figuring it out, but um, th- there's always going to be problems when you're dealing with, with, with an industry like that. I, just from my own experience, you're exactly right. It, it's a gateway drug. Um, nothing good comes from marijuana. When, when, when it's legalized, and we've seen this in other states, when it's legalized, crime goes up. Other drug use goes up. Petty crime goes up. DUIs go up. Uh, we knew that going in, which is why I did not support the initiative. Uh, but here we are. It passed, and I'm in charge of, of executing the laws in the state of Montana. Um, black market, fentanyl. So we certainly see fentanyl tainting in a lot of illicit drugs. So I, I can't speak for the for for the, the, the illicits. Well, I, I guess I can. The stuff that's grown here in the state of Montana, the, the legal marijuana that is properly regulated and taxed, no, there's there's no fentanyl issues there. They, you you don't have your local grower mixing in fentanyl. Now the black market stuff, I can't speak to that. And we certainly have seen marijuana, black market marijuana, laced with fentanyl. Uh, that yeah, we we find fentanyl laced in everything, and that certainly includes marijuana. The trick is there, and we've seen this in other states. When 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 states try to tax legal marijuana at such a high level. Yeah, you will encourage folks to just go buy at black market from a dealer because it's cheaper. I mean, again, this is this is supply and demand. This is not rocket science. Um, so, lots lots of stuff there. I I, I don't agree with it, I, but but Casey, that that voter initiative passed, and and I don't see that going away. Take a quick call here, Skip, listening in Hamilton, KLY Kills twelve forty a.m. And uh, good morning. You're you're on the air with Montana Attorney General Austin Knudsen. Thank you, Tom, and good morning, Austin, and thanks for coming on and fielding questions the way you do. Uh, I, I had uh, two specific things that maybe the people can learn from your answers, and one is uh, having to do with funding for your department uh, has to come through the legislature, I believe, and, and the last time you asked for a certain amount of money that would fund certain number of new officers and equipment for them. And I think they probably gave you part of what you wanted. Uh, is there a process that, uh, that people need to learn about so they can talk to their legislators and say, this is what we think we need to do because of certain things so that you get funding. And does it have to be designated for certain things? If, if they, if they can write a bill to give you what more of what you need. And then the, my second question is simple. I know you went down to the shot show down in Vegas. Did you learn any anything new about equipment available or things that to, new tools that you'd like to have to uh, help us do a better job with any of the things you've already talked about? Yeah, yeah. What what's cool from the the shot show? Good question, Skip. Well, there's lots of cool stuff at the shot show, that's for sure. But I mean, I I, I go down there primarily. I, we we are always on the lookout for new equipment and, and new stuff. Um, there's definitely some really cool stuff out there as far as, uh, vehicle interdiction. 
I mean, right now we, we do, we do pit maneuvers, right? We, we either lay out spike strips or, or we do a pit maneuver, which is, you don't crash your police car into a, a fleeing suspect, but you, you kind of bumper car them. And if you do it in the right spot, you can spin them out and, and get them apprehended. That's hard on vehicles. That costs money. You know, it's hard for us to replace vehicles, especially during COVID. We had a really hard time getting vehicles. There's some really new, cool technology out there. It's kind of like shooting, kind of like, like a canvas web underneath a fleeing car, and it just ties up the driveline and, and brings that car to a screeching stop. Really cool stuff uh, that's going to save us some money. I think that's a really good idea. Um, you, you know, the, the first part of your question, Skip, is an important one. Yes, my budget, the, 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 the Department of Justice budget comes through the legislature, and it goes through the appropriations process. That's a long, drawn-out, tedious process. It takes the entire legislative session, all 90 days. Um, they don't just come in and, and write a blank check to the Department of Justice and say, here, spend it however you want. Uh, it's usually very, very closely earmarked for, okay, here's money for the highway patrol. Here's, here's money for motor vehicle division. Here's money for, and then, then it's even broken down more than that. It's very specific on what we can spend this money for. And that's, that's the legislative prerogative. And, and again, as a former legislator, I understand that. Uh, because if you don't earmark and tell a, a, a government bureaucracy where money has to be spent, you can get into some shenanigans. And that's certainly happened in the past. And, and legislators are in charge of the purse. They're in charge of taxpayer dollars, and they want to make sure it's spent the way that they say it's supposed to be spent. So I, I understand that, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Now, with that being said, the legislature did give the, the Department of Justice some more law enforcement funding. I, I want to give credit where it's due. They gave us a couple more narcotics agents at DCI, a couple more um, human trafficking agents, a couple more major crimes agents. Very, very important. Um, there, there was a raise given to highway patrol troopers. That was huge. I mean, we can't compete with the cost of living and, and the cost of housing, especially in Western Montana on a trooper's salary. It's, it's really difficult. So that, that pay raise was crucial. Um, now with that said, we did not get an increase in actual highway patrol troopers. It's needed. Um, I get it. I'm a fiscal conservative. The Republicans don't like to spend more money. I certainly understand that, but we, we've been at a static number of troopers. Um, our state population is increasing. Crime is increasing. Traffic is increasing. Frankly, we need some more troopers. So if, if, you're, if you're willing to talk to your legislator about it, I would sure appreciate it. But I'm, I'm very respectful of the appropriation process and of the legislature. Appreciate that. Got one more message here and got a minute for it. Mexico is one of our main agricultural trade partners. So you can't, you can't just shut the border. Uh, uh, that's not what the, I think we're trying to do here. The other part of this, when are the Republicans going to actually do something other than use the border as a dog whistle? So that 11,000% uh, increase in fentanyl seizures is a dog whistle, apparently, Austin. Yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to score political points here, Tom. Uh, and obviously, my, my my tongue is pretty firmly in cheek when I say that. Uh, fine, Mexico grows some avocados. You know, we've got all kinds of agriculture in this in this country. And until Mexico wants to get serious about stemming its drug and crime problem that it just keeps shoving in, into our country, I don't care what they grow. Um, when are we going to do something about it? Well, just as soon as we get President Trump reelected. 
I, I got a feeling things are going to change real quick, and I think the Mexican government is probably going to find some religion very quickly. But right now, we've got a feckless president in, the, in, in, in office who's letting them get away with, with murder, literally murder, uh, among a lot of other things. So I don't have a lot of sympathy for the Mexican government. Montana's hardworking and truth-telling Attorney General Austin Knutson. Uh, Austin, I appreciate your time here as well and, and uh, letting our audience hear and interact with you in that regard. I know you're always open to that. and I always wish you well and uh, appreciate the work you're doing, sir. Uh, so be safe on the road, okay? Thank you very much, Tom. Appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us for the podcast. And join us daily Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. for more Voices of Montana on local stations all across Montana.